everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. If you've been around church for a long time, you've probably heard many of the stories that we're going to be going over today in Luke chapters 10 and 11. We're also going to be tapping back into John today, reading that tail end of chapter 10. So if you uh, listened the other day, we're going to finish up that chapter, but probably be focusing a little bit more on some of these more well-known stories um, throughout Luke 10 and 11 today. Uh, A couple things that uh, just jump out right away come from chapter 10. We hear about uh, Jesus sending out the 72. We also hear about the story of Mary and Martha in the presence of Jesus the Lord's Prayer is scattered in there. Uh, let's see. Anything else? The Good else? Samaritan. Yep. The sign of Jonah comes up again, which is interesting. Um, and then also just some like major calling out of the Pharisees uh, for Jesus today again. <laughs> it's kind of like, a, I don't know. It reminds me of We like, get it, fights. Jesus. We've heard it before. Uh-huh. These guys are just nonsense. He really goes after them, though, this time. Like, really. I have always appreciated the verse about the harvest being plentiful and the laborers being few. I think that has held true throughout most of history, even back to the very beginning of the Bible, uh, where we have Abraham. Abraham is, like, known to be, like, a righteous man out of very few. Uh, we move into Noah's, uh, like, we have Noah's day where he is, like, a righteous man of basically everyone. <laughs> He's like the one He's and the only. only. One. Um, and throughout history, there are like very few, like the prophets come along and they are, you know, trying to guide God's people and are like a small handful of people that actually know what's up. Moses, Joshua, they're all individuals who are ready to like grow God's kingdom and guide the people amongst so much evil. And I think that even can translate to our day today. I mean, it's happening with Jesus time. And so that verse has always hit me um, like, hey, this is not just life that you're just walking through willy nilly and enjoying the American dream or enjoying wherever you are in the world. Um, like as a, what's the word I want? A comfortable life. Um, God's mission for us is to go out into his harvest field um, and to harvest those for his kingdom. So I think that verse has always hit hit kind of hard like okay it's not what i want it's what god wants it feels weird to read over the good samaritan and not talk about the good samaritan if you're not familiar with the story uh this would be crazy crazy scandalous for jesus to make the the priest a bad guy the levite a bad guy and the samaritan a good guy um basically the samaritan finds this guy who's harmed along the side of the road he is less concerned about his ritual purity that's the actual issue here and he goes out of his way to care for this man Uh, this audience that jesus is speaking to would not have been able to handle uh, a good guy samaritan i think there's something to be said too about the people that come along i mean my mind always goes veggie tales and i always think about the dumb asparagus that go by however what's interesting about this is that the two people that they have that Jesus has chosen to represent those who could have helped are like the ones that you would like default would be the ones that would help. There's a priest, yeah. first of all, yeah. and then a Levite is of the line that helps the priest. And both of them are like, nope, we're not doing that. They almost seem like like the pastors of the day, if mm-hmm. you will. And they didn't want to touch him. So that is like, they're too busy. Wow. Jesus is really calling it out. Like these aren't just ordinary people. These are the ones that are supposed to be like representing uh, God and 
going to God on behalf of the people. I had mentioned earlier in the beginning about the sign of Jonah. It is so interesting uh, that Jesus, like people are continuing to ask for a sign from him. Like you have to prove yourself. And Jesus has already done this like so, so many, many times. times at this point. It's ridiculous. Um, like as far as like casting out demons, giving people sight, making paralyzed people walk, like all these things, like the signs are there and they just keep asking for more. Um, I think that's also an interesting parallel to us. Like God does stuff in our lives all the time, but we like, we need him to do exactly what we say in order to believe. It's kind of crazy. We still do it. Anyway, that being said, uh, in verses 29 through 32 of chapter 11 in Luke, uh, this is where they're talking about that sign. And Jesus is just like, listen, you keep asking, but like you're going to get the sign of Jonah. Just like uh, Jonah came to the people of Nineveh, so the Son of Man will be to this generation. And he actually goes on to say that the people of Nineveh will rise at the judgment to judge the cities that were not repentant before Jesus. Hmm. So it's a, it's a callback even to the people of Nineveh who were repentant and did serve God against the people of Judea who were not repentant and mm-hmm. chose not to serve God. Um, cool. One of the things I want to clear up, I always like I always like calling out things that we can clear up a little bit better. There is this ask, seek, and knock passage. Oh. Uh, so this is Luke 11. It starts in verse 5, basically. And he mm-hmm. said to him, which of you has a friend would go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to get set before him and will answer from within. Do not bother me. He's basically saying like, you like to take care of your friends. Of course you take care of your friends. And then uh, Jesus goes on to say, here it is. Uh, this is verse nine. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be, be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if your son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? So a lot of times people that are teaching this passage stop there. So it's like, wow, this is so powerful. Like Jesus sets up that all you need to do to receive from him is ask and seek and knock because God is a loving father who loves to bless his children and give him, give them the things they need. But if you read on just what, two more verses, uh, what, what did I read this? What father among you, if a son asks for a fish, will instead give him a serpent or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. This is not an open-ended, broad-based, ask for whatever you want and believe that God will give it to you. It's actually wildly specific. Jesus is setting up the idea that the things that you need from God, God will give you via the Holy Spirit when you ask for the Holy Spirit. So like when you ask for things that are in line with God's command, you receive what is in line with God's command. And Mm -hmm. here it's the Holy Spirit. How do you receive the Holy Spirit? You accept Christ as your savior and you enter into a relationship with God and the Holy Spirit indwells within you. So this is not a, this is not a just declare what you want and get it. 
This is a ask for salvation and receive the Holy Spirit because God loves us and cares for us and gives us good gifts. Those good gifts are available in the, the literal presence of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's, there's one extreme side where it is ask for whatever you want and believe that God will give it. And then there's the other extreme side is like, don't ever ask because you're terrified that you'll ask for the wrong thing. Like both right. of those sides are wrong. So like we talk to God about what we need and we ask for things we need in context in these verses it's the Holy Spirit that you need. Mm -hmm. And so God loves us. He cares for us. He gives us the Holy Spirit when we ask and empowers us for building his kingdom. So it, it is important that you read these verses in context. And it is important that you don't allow people to mislead you with them. So speaking of uh, misleading, I think that kind of leads us into this last part, which is something that, again, I had picked out for today that really caught my attention. So in the beginning, we referenced that Jesus was calling out the Pharisees and the lawyers towards the end of chapter 11. And this one, to me, seems to be like the most straightforward in their face that we've heard yet. Um, so Jesus is with these Pharisees and these lawyers, and they're sitting down and dining or like reclining at a table. Um, and one of the Pharisees is like almost like disgusted with Jesus that he would like even dare sit down and not wash beforehand. Um, and Jesus just kind of like throws it back in their face and is just like, so you clean your hands before a dish. You're like super polished on the outside. But in, let's see, verse 39, it says, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You fools. Did not he who made the outside make the inside also? But give us alms, those things that are within and behold, everything is clean for you. Um, so it's really interesting that he's just like, you know what? Forget it. You're like so fake on the outside. It's ridiculous. And the inside is just full of filth. So, um, Again, I think this is the most that he's been just like straight out with it. Almost like his, his, uh, I don't know, his rope's getting a little sh like. Yeah, you know he's, like he's definitely short, more controversial. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely is. <laughs> um, also super interesting. I just was reading a little bit further about um, some of the things that Jesus is calling out for them. So he's like, he's calling out basically the things that are really well known um, so, or like, I guess it's. You can easily see it. So in verse 43, it says, Woe to you, Pharisees, for you love the best seat in the synagogues and the greetings that you get in the marketplaces. Woe to you, for you are like unmarked graves and people walk over without knowing it. So in that time, an unmarked grave would basically mean somebody was was buried, but it's not known that someone is there. And for the Jews to be walking over them, that would actually make them unclean. So like an unmarked grave, they are actually deceiving people because like if you were to walk over an unmarked grave, you're actually unknowingly becoming unclean by walking over the dead, okay? So Jesus is saying like, shame on you for all of these people that you're deceiving by pretending that you're this, but actually... You're like completely rotten on the inside and you don't care about the love of God. You just care about like being seen, being known, being the best, being whatever, um, and basically looking out for yourselves. So it is, this is just so interesting to me. I didn't totally understand like the, uh, the comparison of the graves at first, those unmarked graves, but it makes so much more sense knowing that it was basically making them unclean before God without knowing that the Pharisees were actually leading them astray. Crazy. 
So as far as your parts today, uh, literally take your pick. There are so many. <laughs> uh, the Good Samaritan teaches us to, to show mercy. Uh, the story of Mary and Martha, which we didn't even get into, talks about how important it is to sit at Jesus' feet, representing being his disciple and being committed to following him. Um, the the confrontation with the Pharisees is telling us it's more important to love the Lord in your heart than mm -hmm. with your actions-ish. You know, like, you don't want to be a hypocrite. You don't want to be a hypocrite. You don't want your outward appearance to be trumping what is actually on the inside Exactly. Of you. You, want, you want what's inside to drive your outside. With the lamp of... inside of you. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> um, so there, there's so many. And um, all of them just push us to have a deeper faith in Jesus, a closer relationship with God. Uh, in John, Jesus actually says at this point that he is God. And so we, we have faith and we have trust in that and we follow him. So we'll be back again tomorrow. We'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan Your Part. Don't forget, it is always more important that you listen to God's words rather than our words. So please stick around to hear the reading for the day. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave a rating and write a review on whatever platform you are using to listen to us. Now that we have all that out of the way, here is the reading for today. Luke chapter 10. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, in every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking that they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into the streets and say, Even the dust of your town that clings to our feet we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than that town. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable in the judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You shall be brought down to Hades. The one who hears you hears me, and the one who rejects you rejects me, and the one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. The seventy-two returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. In that same hour he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and of earth that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. 
Then turning to his disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see, and did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he sent him to his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Luke chapter 11. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now he was casting out a demon that was mute. When the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, and the people marveled. But some of them said, He casts out demons by Beelzebub, the prince of demons. 
while others, to test him, kept seeking from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a divided household falls. And if Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebul. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, who of your sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. When the unclean spirit had gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest, and finding none, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits, more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the person is worse than the first. As he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you, and the breast at which you nursed. But he said, Blessed, rather, are those who hear the word of God and keep it. When the crowds were increasing, he began to say, This generation is an evil generation. It seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah became a sign to the people of Nineveh, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise up at the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, something greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will rise up at that judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand, so that those who enter may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. Therefore be careful, lest the light in you be darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, it will be wholly bright, as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. While Jesus was speaking, a Pharisee asked him to dine with him, so he went in and reclined at the table. The Pharisee was astonished to see that he did not first wash before dinner. And the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees cleanse the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You fools! Did not he who made the outside make the inside also? But give as alms those things that are within, and behold, everything is clean for you. But woe to you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and every herb, and neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Woe to you, Pharisees, for you love the best seat in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, for you are like unmarked graves, and people walk all over them without knowing it. One of the lawyers answered him, Teacher, in saying these things you insult us also. 
And he said, Woe to you lawyers also, for you load people with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. Woe to you, for you build the tombs of the prophets whom your fathers killed. So you are witnesses, and you consent to the deeds of your fathers, for they killed them, and you build their tombs. Therefore also the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill and persecute, so that the blood of all the prophets shed from the foundation of the world may be charged against this generation, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, it will be required of this generation. Woe to you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter yourselves, and you hindered those who were entering. As he went away from there, the scribes and the Pharisees began to press him hard and to provoke him to speak about many things, lying in wait for him, to catch him in something he might say. John chapter 10, verse 22. At that time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe, because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, for they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? The Jews answered him, It is not for a good work that we are going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, you are gods? If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father consecrated and sent into the world, you are blaspheming? Because I said, I am the Son of God. If I am not doing the works of my Father, then do not believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Again they sought to arrest him, but he escaped from their hands. He went away again across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing at first, and there he remained. And many came to him, and they said, John did no sign, but everything that John said about this man was true, and many believed in him there. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow. Thank you.